word of the day. You keep using the word. I don't think it means what you think it means. Today's words of the day, the first one unofficially brought to us by UrbanDictionary.com. More of a phrase, because that's what they've been giving us lately. Do it for the vine. When someone has a sort of special talent or party trick, and you ask them to do it on camera. Hmm. Do it for the vine. Remember vine? I was actually just talking with a coworker today. Shout out to Eloy. He, uh, he can recite probably about like 90% of the vines that are out there. He jokes, he's like, I listen to Vine compilations to fall asleep. Now, that's a little extreme, but definitely funny listening to and reliving some of those classic Vines. And we both agreed. It, viners, you were annoying. People that went out and just tried to make funny Vines, you were annoying. We like the people who organically made something that was just so awesome, and then it just caught wind, and you got to ride out your 15 seconds of fame and then go on to the next thing. So do it for the Vine. R.I.P. to Vine. Lost it because we couldn't monetize it. And isn't that just the story of most things? No, not really. But, yeah, I miss Vine. Wish it could come back, but that's whatever. It's living in the past. Next word of the day, our official word of the day, lacuna, L-A-C-U-N-A, lacuna, a gap or missing part as in a manuscript, series, or logical argument, hiatus. So lacuna. Many of you would argue that I had some lacuna in my in my way of thinking about how I thought the NFL tra- season was going to unfold. And, boy, were you wrong. So, that's okay. It's cool. We're all wrong from time to time. Some of us just more than others. you know. And then when I'm wrong, it just happens to be recorded on a mic. But when I'm right and it's recorded on a mic, people forget about that. That's whatever. That's cool. We'll, we'll, we'll deal with that. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. Anyway, those are the words of the day. And as you can tell, I'm all by myself. It's going to be a great show. Uh, I got Tim coming on here a little bit later. Join us for Stat of the Day. We're going to see what's up with Bill. He's been traveling, so I don't know. Last time I checked, he was in Wyoming. Uh, If not, we still have the Lytle's Locks regardless. Got some winners and losers. The pop culture update. All of that good stuff. So without further ado... Let's get it on. Look at you, probably can Google me, eh? Dr. Bob, what did you do to me, eh? Wake up, like, what are you doing today? I'm gonna get first to economy, eh? I'm gonna go back to hiatus. If these juice won't play this, might die, might die. RP to my day. Welcome to the Cohort Sports Report, Gas Bags with Fun Facts, the podcast by Regular Joes for Regular Joes, sponsorship free, because nobody wants to pay the sponsorship fee. My name is Jeff Woodworth, and I am joined by absolutely nobody. It's empty, it's cold. There's some light, so it's not dark, but it's empty and cold in this garage out here by myself. But I'll be joined later, like I said, by Tim, possibly Bill. Um, It's been a minute, or at least it feels like it's been a minute. Don't even know. So tired completely honest just you know it's uh it's gonna tie in with with getting things right off the bat here uh alpha beta zeta so the alpha is time because time 
time don't stop and you're like wow jeff that's what a major breaking news we're just we stumbled upon something here no time doesn't stop and just in the sense that like you, you ever been like real tired and you just notice that that clock just flies by so like you'll be at work and you're just mundanely going through a task and it's just kind of taking an extra second because you're exhausted and you look and it's just like holy shit why is it taking me 20 minutes to edit this you know four minute piece of audio that I'm just completely dragging my ass on and it's a bitch man I don't know what happened why why I was getting such uh, shit sleep or why I've been so tired but um, I'm, all I know is that it's costing me time and time flies by and then I feel like I'm running around with a chicken with my head cut off so alpha is time because that shit don't stop for nobody okay 100% if somebody finds out a way to stop time so we can be more productive boom Nobel Peace Prize or maybe a ton of money I don't know but that would be the invention of life I think I honestly think hmm, I really do if you could find a way to freeze time I think that would be more impressive than going back in time. And both allow you to alter events and how the course of history would go. But I feel like that's a hot bar topic right there. Would you? Well, I'm going to use that one. We're going to store this away for later. You're more than welcome to use this. More impressive, stopping time or going back in time? And then, of course, if you stop time, you would be able to resume time. And if you went back in time, you'd be able to jump back. But, you know, I feel like people would say, hey, that'd be dope to go back in time and, you know, see the course of history, do maybe even change the course of history. Like, no, it'd be cool to just freeze time so you can be productive as all hell and then just coast through the rest of the day. Enjoy it. No worries. No nothing. Give me that. Give me that instead. All right, beta. And uh, it's lack of sleep, which leads to deliriousness and stupid ass questions like, would you rather stop time or go back in time? Like I said, uh... It's, I mean, I pride myself on being able to get like five hours of sleep and still trucking on through the day. But you do that for like 10 days straight and you're just like, leaf, you know, leaf. Like, I don't know if I could do that. So uh, today was one of those days where it was just I hit a brick. And the reason that I'm recording this a little bit later is because we're, I didn't just hit one brick. I hit the entire fucking brick wall. So I had to take a quick nap, power back, bounce back. And we'll see. Hopefully the juice starts flowing again by the end of the episode. Uh, because we skipped the gym, and that's a no-no. That's a no-no. Flan would tell you that's a no-no. You don't skip the gym. Again, I'm not. I'm not as meatheadish or beefcakeish as Flan, but we know that's a no-no. You don't skip. Come on. All right. And then the Zeta is voice tracking, which is a little thing here. You know, in the radio, we're gonna pull the curtain back for you a little bit. So not always everything you hear on the radio is live, right? Not everything you always hear on the radio is live. Oh shit. Okay, maybe I didn't get enough sleep. So there's a thing called voice tracking where you can kind of record stuff and it'll buy you some time. And so, you know, given the nature of my position and what I'm going to be doing, you know, as, as being the middays on hot now, there's going to be at least a two-hour stretch in the day where you just got to pre-record stuff and voice track it and let it go. So I voice track the weather for KSRO because there's no way that I'm hanging out there at 1130 at night when the, voice, when the, when the weather report comes on letting you know it's going to be overnight temperatures. Like, no, nah, I got to get some sleep or at least try to. And the same thing's going to be happening with voice tracking for hot. And, you know, the podcast is one thing because I'm talking about sports or I'm talking about some nonsense and I kind of give this stream of, of consciousness, if you will, or just a rant, a ramble, and I'm able to just go. 
voice tracking when you're spinning records you got 30 seconds and well 30 seconds to a minute 15 seconds to about 45 seconds to make this work in between every two three songs you got to make sure you're reading off promotions and whatnot and it's just I'm, I'm making it sound a little bit more difficult than it actually is but it's pretty challenging to just know where you're going to go with something make sure that it's relevant to the song that just played or the song that's about to play or a station event and then trying to tie that in as it cuts into another song or you go to a stop set you know a commercial break it's Decept or deceivingly challenging and I don't have the problem speaking on mic because again we've been doing the podcast for so long and that's what's helped and that was the whole purpose of it right shout out to all you cohort members that have sat through and listened to all this and the evolution that the show and uh, us as personalities have gone through but I mean look what look where it's gotten me but yeah it's there's something about trying to fit that in a little time window is very very challenging right just think to yourself just if you if you're listening once you're done listening to the podcast and you go to listening to music, just try that. Just give yourself set a set a thirty second timer and just try and talk between songs on an album about something about the artist or whatnot and tie it in and see how many tries it takes you because it's crazy. You'll be sitting in there and you're literally just doing this one minute hitter and next thing you know, fifteen minutes have gone by and you've tried it ten times and you're just like, holy shit! Like, can I get your shit together? You know, so I can only imagine the funny noises that people are going to be hearing outside the studio uh, when it comes time for me to voice track. Because, again, live's easy. You just roll with the punches and it goes. You don't you you just push but you just push the button and go here. You know, you push the button and you're just like, well, I don't know if that sounded like I wanted it to. Or is that tight enough? All right. There at the at the end of the song, start of the commercial. So it's just it's going to be something that's going to be fun to do. Don't get me wrong. But it's also going to be maddening because I am low key. Like, I try to be a perfectionist at work. Like, there's only so much you can do with the podcast here because, you know, the, my hands are tied to a degree. But at work, I have a bunch of different things and resources available to me, so I'm going to be wanting to use them and, and perfect it, and it's just going to be very, very challenging on my patience. But I look forward to do it. I'm doing it, so it's going to be fun. But, yeah, the weirdest part about radio thus far has been voice tracking and pre-recording because you think it'd be much easier than it actually is, but then when you realize, like, hey, that's going to be... That's going to be playing on the radio. I want to make sure that it's over and over again. I want to make sure that it sounds good. You know, it just, it messes with you. Anyway, that's the alpha, beta, zeta. Alpha, time, beta, lack of sleep, and zeta voice tracking. Got a couple talking points here before we get to stat of the day with Tim Brown. Uh, the Giants have hired some new, some new staff. The San Francisco Giants. They, uh, the, the GM and the manager position have been filled. And, um, <laughs> you know, uh, what is it, Scott Harris, I believe is his name. Yeah, Scott Harris, the GM from the Cubs. Uh, he's a nerd. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with being a nerd. But with nerds comes the analytics, and there's going to be a lot of moves that people don't like. So I don't think Madison Bumgarner's coming back. I don't think Brandon Belt's coming back, which I'm actually a fan of. I don't know if Buster Posey's going to come back. I don't know if Brandon Crawford's going to come back. There's a lot of moves here because I could see him working some trades, pawning guys off for younger players, and you know I could see I could see the Giants sucking for at least another one to two years before they bounce back. You know I'm not 100% sure what's going to happen with the team moving forward. I'm obviously going to support them still. Going to keep going to the games, but this is some we we're going to be in some funny times here as Giants fans. Uh, I think what makes it even more interesting is the manager, uh, the manager hire in Gabe Kapler, and I just want to look up Gabe Kapler's managerial record because it was not that great in Philadelphia. Like he struggled at first, but 
Yeah, 161 and 163 is the Phillies manager. But they went 500 last year, which is better than the Giants went. So I will take that 100%. And it turns out that Gabe Kapler is a fucking beefcake. So there's pictures that swelled around on Twitter about this dude. Uh, I had some. I heard some people joking at work that they thought he was going to be showing up to the press conference today shirtless, and then then put on the jersey. Um, we did an interview today with a with a reporter from the the or the press Democrat, uh, C W Nevius. He uh, he Kapler loves ice cream, but he's a super health nut. So what he does is he'll take cartons of ice cream and he'll lick it like a dog would, right? Just lick 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 out of there. But he doesn't actually. Die, like swallow the ice cream he'll then like scrape it on his teeth you know scrape his tongue with his teeth and then spit the ice cream into a bucket so he gets the taste of ice cream the the mouth pleasure but it's not going to ever affect his body which is like smart and equally absolutely insane so but you know san francisco's never turned its nose up on eclectic ass people or interesting ass characters and he's just going to be one of them to add to the list I just, I'm not 100% sure what to make of the Giants' future. Uh, Mateo pointed out something that was pretty interesting. He tweeted out that the optics of having Larry Bear, who had the domestic altercation, I don't want to call it an assault or, or violence, you know, I mean, it was violent, but the domestic altercation out in, out in public where he was grabbing his phone back from his wife and she fell over and he stood over, that looks terrible. Uh, you better, you know, he, he wasn't actually present at the... Uh, at the introduction of the press conference, but just imagine Larry Bear walking around with Gabe Kapler, and you know Kapler's got the issues with the uh, the this alleged failing to report sexual assaults properly. Uh, there was a story where he tried to initially set up a meeting between the one of the minor league players that was accused in the Dodgers organization and the woman and and the in the uh, victim, and it's just like you don't do that, bro. That's like that. You know, like, come on. The you got to look at that situation like you're not trying to cover something up like all right here let's get this let's fix it and put it past us and move on it's like no it doesn't work like that so you know hopefully hopefully all the troubles are behind him and he's able to to bring the Giants back to back to that championship form but for right now there's a lot of unanswered questions there's a lot of funny looks at this this situation so it's just but we'll see Farhan supposedly got the guy he wanted. And uh, it took long enough. I think we were the second to last team, maybe the last team to, to hire a manager. And now we can move forward. And I think the uh, winter meetings are going to be happening, coming up here soon. So, And then before you know it, pitchers and catchers meet, I report. So baseball will be back soon enough. I feel like baseball and NASCAR are like the two seasons that, A, they go for hella long, and then, B, those guys don't get much off time compared, or, you know, off season compared to other sports. You know, I mean, granted, guys are always working out and training behind the scenes, but as far as like the the grind, day to day grind of a season and playoffs and whatnot, I feel like NASCAR and baseball are the two longest seasons in North America. I could be wrong, could be wrong. I don't know. Again, could be wrong, but I'm also on record as being wrong. But it's whatever. You win some, you lose some. Speaking of winning some and losing some, how about those San Francisco 49ers, baby? Huh? Yeah. I, uh, you know, I look like the crazy ass dude yelling at the sky for like eight, nine weeks. And then they finally drop a game on Monday Night Football. And I'm glad, you know, there's a part of me that's low key glad that the, that the Niner fans that I, that I do this podcast with were not here tonight because I really don't want to hear the excuses. All right. The, well, you got to look at who was injured. Uh, he, he wasn't able to open up the playbook, all this stuff. Uh, wham, wham, wham. Okay. My team's been playing with a second string and a third string quarterback, not to mention that their star middle linebacker, the team leader, 
the core of that defense went down two years ago. Never thought he was going to walk again. Luckily, we got a rookie that's starting to show that he could probably fill the shoes. Made a great trade for Minka Fitzpatrick. You just you got to have you got to have stuff step up. You got to make you got to make some make things happen. They went out and they got Emmanuel Sanders. I like that trade. I liked how it was working out at the start. I'm not going to lie. Like I, I'm going to look like Boo Boo the fool for saying that it's an eight, a seven and nine, eight and eight team. That's cool. Realistically, I'm looking at their schedule. I'm looking at the Niners' remaining schedule right now. Well, I'm pulling it up, and I could see this team probably going 10 and 6, 11 and 5. But I don't think you're winning the division. I really don't. I think the Seahawks have an easier go of it towards the towards the end of the season here. You have the Cardinals, which I think you should shit pump them, and then you have the Packers, the Ravens, and the Saints. That's very tough. The Falcons. Which Falcons are you gonna get? You're gonna get the Falcon, the the Falcons that have won two games this year. Or are you gonna get those Falcons that'll roll over and, and Matty Ice just does whatever? You have the Rams, which is going to be a tough game, but I think ultimately you have that one, and then you finish out the game, I mean finish out the season with the Seahawks. And then you look at the Seahawks and their remaining schedule, and they have the Eagles, Vikings, tough, tough, the Rams, which again, that's one they'll be tested, but I think they ultimately got the Panthers. Okay, I mean, you know, if we saw the transitive property, the Seahawks beat the Niners, and the Niners absolutely whooped ass on the on the Panthers. So the only advantage there is that Carolina is playing at home, and that's a morning game. Then they finish out with the Cardinals and the Niners, and I think, boom, boom, they get those two games, especially because the Niners game's at home. So uh, congratulations to the Niners for probably getting to double-digit wins. I want to just put that on the record there before I get accused and attacked of being so loud wrong. But I really do think it is very pathetic that you're – that you know, you, you just want to win the division and then get on with and, and then just be happy that you're there given the circumstance of how you started out so powerful and you know, top ranked defense this and the rushing attack is that. I think what's most scariest about what we saw on Monday night was what I've been kind of yelling now for about a year and a half off and on is is Jimmy G the guy? You know, they keep on telling me that he doesn't have to be the guy because of the system and the system wasn't working and then he had to be the guy and step up and he looked scared. He looked scared on that last drive. Up until that dump off to Tevin Coleman, he looked scared. He was I heard Uncle Colin Coward was saying that Jimmy G was throwing such bad balls that not only could his wide receivers not catch him, the defenders on Seattle couldn't catch him, which I thought was pretty funny. But yeah, Seattle, he had about three chances to put that game away in the final drive. And then even Russell Wilson throwing the interception, I'm not gonna lie, that was a nice pick. But I really do think that we're gonna see this Niner team get tested here on the back end of this schedule. There's a lot of a lot of tough games here. The Seahawks have a have some tough games as well, but I think they're better suited as far as who they're going up against. Uh, it's just the the attacks. This is a lot of quarterbacks that that they're going up against uh, here. A lot a lot of good quarterbacks, even in the one in Kyler Murray, because he's looked far better than I think anybody would have thought that Kyler Murray was going to look this year, especially given all that hype and all that the the noise that went into his size and uh, Kingsbury scheme. So something to keep an eye out for. Again, I think you shit pumped the, the Cardinals this week. But, I, you know, there's the, the crazy, crazy hysteria in me says there's still an outside chance it's mathematically possible that they could go 9-7, and seven, although I highly doubt it. I highly doubt it at this point. I'm saying 10-6, and 11-5, still don't get the division, which is unfortunate because that means they're playing on wildcard weekend and you're probably getting bounced. So tough. And, you know, but, hey, prove me wrong. They seem to have done it wink for uh for about eight nine weeks now but i knew i knew they weren't going to go undefeated it was a hell of a season they put forward thus far but i mean you know they beat the teams they're supposed to it's just important to remember that those teams weren't shit 
And the teams that are shit that they played, you know, probably had their backup quarterback in or fumbled the game away at the last second. Speaking of which, moving on to the Steelers, I just want to say how great it feels. You know, I, I, I am the, the kook. I try, I try to do the sports philosophizing here, but there is a little bit of fandom that goes into this, you know. And just to, to have yelled from the rooftops that this team wasn't done, Mason Rudolph was capable, you know, there's times... I think you saw him turn a corner there, like I said, on Sunday. I think we saw him turn a corner on Sunday. It's the play calling, man. Like, we just – there's got to be a little bit more confidence shown in him as the thrower of the football. I, I, you know, I don't question his ability to throw the ball downfield. I don't question his ability to, to dump off to the screen or throw, throw a slant. I question his ability to throw the ball about 10 to 15 yards, right? Ten, actually, 10 to 20. So 20-plus, I don't question because you got talented wide receivers on the end there who can go out and get the ball, whether it be Juju, James Washington, Deontay Johnson, uh, Vance McDonald's a big big guy too. You can always dump it off to the running backs, dump it off to the tight end, or you know, again on the slants. It's that, it's that ball that's 10 to 20 yards down the field that I'm, I'm concerned about, and I want to see him develop it. And we saw him make a couple throws last game where it was like, okay, this is promising. I want to see more of this. And it's just they're not giving him the play calls, and it's so frustrating. But fuck, that defense is amazing. It's absolutely insane. I can't believe it. I'm looking at the NFL standings right now. The NFL playoff picture as currently stands. Oh, no, I wanted the conference. Give me the... Well, well, well. Come on, Google. Technical difficulties are still on standby. Okay, here we go. I'm looking at the conference standings right now in the AFC. And the Steelers are the sixth seed. The Raiders are the seventh seed. The Chiefs are the five seed. Now, I could easily see the, the Chiefs and the Raiders flipping. I'm not going to lie. The Raiders have been quietly one of the sneaky good teams this year. They're 4-1 and one at home. Yeah, they're 1-3 away, but most of their away games have been, you know, uh, during that stretch where they were flying out to London back and forth. Uh, their point differential is minus 32, which is concerning, but the two-game winning streak, it just looks like these guys have turned a corner. And their schedule is not that difficult when we're looking down the road. So I think I think Oakland's going to actually be in the playoffs. Uh, again, I expect both uh, both uh, Bay Area teams to be in the playoffs. I just think one of which, well, we could have two, but I think one, the, the Niners are going to be playing a wild card weekend. Uh, the Bills, that's an interesting look right there. Uh, I think that they could possibly be be strong enough to hold on to it because the, the Titans are going to hang around there at 500 and be mediocre. The Colts, and the Colts by nature of playing with the Titans, are going to get dragged down to that 500 spot too. So uh, I think the AFC playoff picture is actually – while there's about eight or nine teams, maybe 10 that you could say are in the hunt, technically in the hunt, I really think there's only about seven, eight teams that I've had a logistic, like a, an actual shot of making the playoffs. And we've kind of seen most of that take shape here. Although keep an eye out on the AFC South. I have no idea what's going to happen there. I really think the Ravens are going to run away with the AFC North and that hurts much to say, but uh, that, that win against the Rams is huge just record wise to keep them close. But yeah, I think Pittsburgh's gonna be a team that plays on Wild Card Weekend, and then it's up to it's up to Mason. How much have you grown? You know, the defense is gonna be there, and then it's gonna be up to you to get that job done on offense and carry us through. So you know, I again, I have the faith as long as as long as it's, you can't say that you have the quarterback of the future. You, you're confident that you have the quarterback of the future, and not let this dude at least test himself a couple times during this year. It's gonna be necessary, especially coming down to the playoff time. Look at the quarterback play that's gonna be here. That you have Tom Brady. Lamar Jackson, who I don't really believe in, but, hey, there's a scheme built around him. Deshaun Watson is pretty good. Josh Allen, okay, that's another one where the scheme's built around him. Patrick Mahomes, you know, Mason Rudolph, 
Derek Carr, Jacoby Brissett, if he gets healthy. These are some of the quarterbacks we're looking at here, you know? And it's just, we're going we're gonna to see there. I don't. Mm. And then flipping over to the NFC, Niners, I mean, if you lose if you lose a couple more games, I don't know. Uh, the Packers could sneak in there as a one seed. The Seahawks could even sneak in there as the one seed. You can't rule out the Saints, although their losses have been pretty questionable. But you're looking at the NFC right now. And, again, this is another one where there's 10 teams or so in the hunt. I'm crossing off the Chicago Bears. I'm drawing the line at the Carolina Panthers. So you have the right now at the playoffs ended to, or started today, the Niners would be the one seed, Packers would be the two, Seahawks would be the three, Saints would be the four, Vikings would be the five, and the Cowboys would be the six. But you have the Rams, Eagles, Panthers still there. Uh, I think ultimately you're probably going to see the Vikings make it in, but the Eagles could give the Cowboys a run right there, and then naturally one of those guys is hosting a game, even though they'd be the five seed uh, for winning the division. I believe that's how it would go. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Be the lower ranked seed, but still host a home game because of your division, division championship. But yeah, draw the line there at the Panthers. Even there, they're kind of iffy. So I think it's going to be the the Cowboys, Rams, and Eagles that are going to be battling for a, for a last playoff spot. There could the NFC West get three teams in. Could they could they sneak in? That'd be crazy. Although. I don't see it happening because the Vikings would have to completely collapse. So I take that back. I scratch that. The Rams, by virtue, are hanging in there. Technically, they're hanging around. But I think it would take a monumental a, a monumental collapse that even, you know, I would be laughing at if the Niners underwent. But I don't I don't think they will. And same with the Seahawks. I don't think they're going to do that either. So you're really the NFC is just kind of set there. It's the AFC that's a little bit more a little bit more broader. Okay, so that'll do it for the talking points. Sorry for rambling there. I uh, got a little distracted. Love me some reckless speculation on schedules and standings. All right, so now it is time for Tim Brown's stat of the day. Last time that I checked, it was five chains on my neck. It was no smut on my rep. Last time that I checked, I was selling zones in the set. Make a quarter mil, no sweat. Last time that I checked, I'm the streets voice out west. The Cardinals, Mike Schlitt is the first manager to win manager of the year without previously playing baseball. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And he said Schlitt. 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 I think that's how you say it, right? Schlitt. How does he spell it? Schmidt. Schmidt. Uh, I think it's like the Schlitz beer. Oh, okay. Then, yeah, I'm, I'm down. I'm down to use I, I that. I think. Let's agree. That's, Thanks, it's, I'm going to agree and settle on that right there. Hey, good for him. Only one to ever win manager of the year without actually professionally playing baseball or just playing baseball ever in his life. I think professionally, but yeah, I'm pretty sure it's professionally. An inspiration. I didn't to do us a all. lot of research on that one. It's all good. I totally take your word for it. <laughs> yes. You have a good track record before you, so I think it's okay. We can we can okay. uh, believe you, Tim. So baseball you want season. Another one? Well, okay, yeah, you sure. Want another one. All right. Give me one more. Uh, Zach Greinke is the only active pitcher to pitch against the Expos. Oh, he old. Yeah, that's and all that he t- lost to the Nationals. That's all that well, tells me is that he's old. Is that yeah? Yeah. It'll be interesting to know if his last if his last game that he pitched against the Expos, if he won, and then that was really just the Nationals just holding up all that angst. Just you know what, this is for that one time, and it just happens to be in the World Series. So, it just happened to be. Yeah. All right. So I have uh, base. It's funny that you reference baseball stats because baseball season's over, but it's whatever. Uh, it's never over. We have. We have word coming out from, what is it, uh, Mike Fears? Is that his name? 
Fires. Fires. The the dude who had the little uh, crazy ass facial hair, all the twisty twisty roundabout. That yeah. Houston uh, cheats. And I just yep. I just think it's funny that he's saying this now that he's not on the team and he's saying, oh, I'm doing this for the integrity of the game. Yeah, okay, maybe it's to get back at the squad, but it's whatever, you know, no big deal. But uh, apparently they would uh, they would be watching for the pitcher's signs and they'd be showing it up on the big screen. And if they noticed that a a off speed pitch was coming, they'd bang like a Gatorade cooler or a, or a garbage can in the dugout to let the batter know, hey, off speed is coming. And then that way they could, they'd be able to guess, okay, it's probably, you know, it's probably a change up or it's probably a curveball. Like one, two, I don't, you know, I get to sit back on this. And um, I just want to get your input from it because sign stealing has always been a part of the game, right? Now, obviously when it's something like this and it's this blatant, that's a little, oof, I don't know. But uh, sign stealing, yay or nay in the game? Sign stealing, I'm down for, but not when you're using electronic equipment to assist in that. If you're going to sign steal, do it the old-fashioned way. Yeah. Okay. You know, exactly. I, I think we can all agree with that and get behind that because, again, then it becomes up to those. Just like how if you're playing football, I'd imagine that you'd have to change some audible calls if you're going to play a team a second time. You'd have to change some stuff around. You're probably going to have to change your signs a couple times throughout the year depending on who you're playing, right? I would have different signs for when I was playing a divisional opponent than if I was just playing, you know, like if, if, I'm, the, if I'm the Giants, I'm probably going to have different sets of signs for when I play the Padres and Dodgers than I would if I'm on just a road, or, you know, a road trip out in Philadelphia or, you know, I'm visiting the Marlins. Yeah, I mean, the the hard part about that is that you have so many pitchers to keep track of that it would be hard to kind of... You're professionals. You know. Get out of here. Okay, all right. Well, That's I mean, true. I mean, but pitchers are also very picky. Like, I remember being in Little League and having one pitcher that refused to throw a curveball when I put down two. It would only be if I put it down in a certain way. Mm, well, so that's I had pretty... to take him aside and tell him that he's wrong. And that he's not that good. <laughs> not, You're not that good, dude. You, you are not good enough to be making these demands. So, all right. Uh, I just you. just wanted to get your thought on that because it's something that everybody seems to be making a big, you know, hoopily haw about. And it's just like, I mean, come on, it's it's gamesmanship. But again, yeah, you, the technology element is a little over the top, personally. Yeah, and uh, just some stats to back that up. During their postseason run of 2017. I have some splits on some players that are pretty compelling that there was some cheating going on. Well, that's true. I did I did omit that fact. I think what makes this the most the most egregious about it is that it was in fact the year that they won the World Series. So they're doing this they're doing this next level cheating and then they end up winning. Dare we say that it's a, a New England Patriot tactic and making its way over to baseball? Uh, I think so. I mean, just listen to some of these splits. So the splits are batting average, uh, on base percentage, slugging, OPS. And I'll give you hits, home runs, and RBI. This is so home, home and away, right? Home and away for the postseason. I'll give you the big names. So Jose Altuve hit 472 with a 513 OBP, 1.028 slugging, 1.541 OPS, 17 hits, 6 home runs, and 12 RBIs at home. Away, 143 batting average, 268 OBP, 229 slugging, 497 OPS, 5 hits, 1 home run, and 2 RBIs. Yeah, it's a, there's a difference. Yeah, big time. Carlos Correa, similar, 371, 421, 743, 1164, 13, 3, 10, 211, or that was for his home, away, 211, 231, 395, 
I mean, this is just a huge discrepancy. The one that really struck me that was just like, are you serious? Is Brian McCann had homie hit 300 with a 382 OBP, 467 slugging, 849 OPS, nine hits, one home run, 70 RBIs. You know, decent little stat line there. Moral Away, police gatekeeper of the game, Brian McCann, who's upset with how bats are getting tossed and home runs are getting pimped, and yet he's taking part in recreational cheating for a championship. you got to love the hypocrisy there. Yeah, listen to his away stats, though. This is what really was just like, are you serious? Uh, he he batted 0.37 away. He had a 161 OBP, 0.037 slugging, 0.198 OPS, and one hit. Somebody come get their mans. Somebody season. come get their mans. He's hot, he's hot garbage. He is hot garbage away when they, when they weren't cheating. It's unfortunate. Hotter than the sun. All right, Tim, let's move on uh, to college football because I know we've been looking at these college football playoff rankings. First off, it's just patently absurd that we are putting this much time and energy into them and that there's this much hoopla again about them. It's, it's ESPN creating these rankings for a playoff system that, the, that ESPN and the NCAA have teamed up to give us. So don't, don't question that, okay? There's, this isn't the NCAA's creation. This is ESPN's baby. So that's why they do this. And the polls are created to generate ratings and to get us to talk and argue about them like we're about to do right now. I'm just happy that Clemson's back in the top four. So is Dan. So is Dan. Dan was over here uh, on on a podcast pick, making picks, and in between in between segments, we we had talked about college football briefly, and he and he said it's absolutely fucking absurd that you're going to leave Clemson off the list. And I said, well, it's a it's a it's a combination of who they've played and how much they've been winning by. It's they they've gone in cruise control, and I've heard I've heard Uncle Colin Cowherd make the comparison between this Clemson football team and the Florida basketball team that won with Joakim Noah and Al Horford and Corey Brewer. When those guys came back for the second year to go back to back, they totally took their foot off the gas in the regular season. And then once the SEC tournament and the NCAA tournament came, they're like, oh shit, that's right, it's time to clang and bang with the big boys. So they turned it on, and I really think that's what you're going to see Clemson do here. Is they're just going to continue to shit pump their opponents in a very weak AC. And then they're going to be the sleeper team that when they come out in the in the semifinal, we're going to be like, oh fuck, that's right, Dabo has Trevor Lawrence and they're hella good. Jackson Etienne and and all these wide receivers and oh that's right, this is a school that probably has about 12 pros on it right now. Like they're not all going this year, but they will eventually. Like just this team right here has 12 pros for sure. Yeah, I mean for me, if you're going undefeated and you're the reigning national champion, you you deserve to be in the top four throughout the entire season. Mm-hmm. I don't care how weak your division is, you know, unless you transfer divisions and you're going to the Mac or the WAC or something like that, then maybe I could see them dropping out. But your Power 5 division, your rating national champion, you're undefeated. I don't care how much you won by. You, you should be in the top four. Absolutely. And I think it's utter horseshit that Alabama only dropped two spots to number five. I really would have dropped them to six and moved one of the Pac-12 schools up and just put the pressure on one of those Pac-12 schools to say, hey, don't lose. Because right now it's currently constituted. You're going to have LSU play Georgia in the SEC championship game. And, you know, if LSU wins, then Georgia's a two-loss team and Alabama gets in as a one-loss, you know, at large, not a conference champion. And if Oregon beats Utah or Utah beats Oregon, you know, just to give just to give the listeners a reference here, number one is LSU, number two is Ohio State, number three is Clemson, number four is Georgia. You have five, six, seven, and eight. You have Alabama, Oregon, Utah, Minnesota. Penn State, I guess, could technically sneak in, although I don't know if they could make the Big 12 championship game. 
I think oh, no, no, if, if Minnesota, yeah, that's right. They lost Minnesota. So if Minnesota beats Ohio State, I think Minnesota should get in. So then that puts yes. it LSU, Minnesota, and Clemson. Who is going to be that fourth team? And this is where, again, they do this. That way we can talk about it and we can get upset. Oregon and Utah have been quietly climbing the rankings here at six and seven. One of them is going to have to win uh, the Pac-12 North and then play who is ever coming out of the South. It's probably going to be Arizona State at this rate, uh, the way things are going. So they're going to have to win. They're going to have to win. And I think if they come away and they're the Pac-12 champion, you have to put them in the, in the top four. I know I understand that Alabama moves the needle and they get the ratings, but it's you can't be this you can't be this favorite. If you have a comp a one loss conference champion versus a one loss Alabama team, you know right now the only saving grace if you don't want to see Alabama in in the as, uh, in the college football playoff game is you are now a fan of Auburn, War Eagle. That's what you're going to be screaming out there because if Alabama loses the Iron Bowl, that's the only way they're not making the the college football playoff tournament as things look right now. Am I wrong? Mm, yes and no. Uh, more, Explain. More no. More no. The only thing is that the Pac-12 has had such a bad reputation over so many years that I don't think the Pac-12 champion, if they're a one-loss team, or you know, they'd, they'd be one loss, correct? Yes. That's or Utah saying. would be if, two losses. Well, no, 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 no. If Oregon, if Oregon or Utah manages to come out of the Pac-12 North and they win the Pac-12 champion, they would be a one-loss Pac-12 champion, conference champion. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Alabama's the one loss at large here. But that's the problem. In my in my opinion, I can see the Pac-12 being held out just because they're the Pac-12. Yeah. And that's the only reason why they're you not. Did, despite the Alabama's USC of old. despite Alabama's super easy uh, non-conference schedule, which is ridiculous, because the SEC. Don't get me wrong; it's great. I mean, you know, I'm a fan of a team that plays in the SEC. Uh, and you, you, you know, you you can follow the SEC. Everybody follows the SEC because they they force feed us with it. But and and the most professionals come out of there. You know, and then, I mean, I know other conferences have their professionals too. But it's just grown ass fucking men are playing in the SEC year after year after year, and it's it's frustrating because there is so much hype that goes into it. But it's such a top heavy conference. It's like it's Alabama, LSU, Florida, Georgia. Maybe maybe you get Auburn sometime. I'm looking at who else is there that would nobody else is in the top 25 from and then the rest of the conference kind of just chews itself up and spits itself out. You know, Tennessee's been a joke. Arkansas has been a joke. South Carolina always seems to hang around to 500 or maybe a game above it, you know, and I'm, I'm blanking on other teams right now. Uh, Missouri, like get out of here. Texas A&M used to be, yes, you know, I mean. Texas A&M used to be something. Vanderbilt, okay, you know, you you try and you get you get there sometimes, but you're great at baseball. Yeah, and it's just you, your baseball school exactly. And Kentucky, like you had a little bit of you had a little bit of run there, but you're a basketball school. It's just it's a very very top heavy conference where you get conferences like like a Pac-12 or like a Big Ten where it's literally any given Saturday. I feel like certain teams can just pull off upsets, and that's what makes it uh, a little bit more. Uh, majestic, if you will. I mean, that's a kind of a random word to throw out there, but like it's it makes it a little bit more interesting, and, and I'm more in, left in awe when when upsets happen outside of other conferences. Where at the SEC, it's just you can pretty much just kind of pick who's going to win on a week to week basis. It's just a matter of if they're going to cover the point spread or not. Right. So, unless you're a Georgia playing against a Florida. Speaking of point spreads, hell yeah. Speaking of point spreads, let's move on to your Lytle's Locks selections. We do this now where we you're going to give us your most confident game, your least confident game, and your wild card game. So let's hear it first. What's your most confident game? 
most confident game is going to be. I'm looking at all my picks. I'm not confident in any of them. Um, I'm going to say Georgia over Auburn. Georgia over Auburn. So number four, Georgia is traveling to number 12, Auburn, where Auburn is getting two and a half points. Again, I don't. Auburn's already got two losses, so I don't think they're, they're no threat of, of doing anything. They're just trying to get into a nice bowl game, maybe a, a New Year's Day bowl. But Auburn's freshman, true freshman quarterback, Bo Nix, uh, is going to be there. I, interesting. So you just think Georgia's going to chew up Auburn, huh? I don't think they're going to chew him up. It'll be a close game, but I don't, I don't see Auburn winning, and I do see them losing by at least a field goal. I want to say chewing them up, but I, it could, I could see it going. 28-28 down to the final second, and Georgia kicking a field goal to win 31-28. Interesting. Okay. I don't know. Lawrence Cager has a big day. Okay. All right. I believe this. So that's your most confident pick is Georgia over Auburn. Yes. And I think that's just point spread, not even – I mean, you're supposed to just that's spread the this spread. the only reason why. You're only supposed to bet the number, not the teams. But, you know, you're lying if you don't think that the teams factor into their ability to get the points. So, all right. And then your least confident pick. Oh, I should have changed my most confident pick to my wild card pick, but it's okay. Uh, least confident is I am taking the Rams minus a touchdown, pretty much. Yes, my friend, we did not uh, we did not speak after the uh, the Sunday the Sunday this past Sunday where the Steelers beat the Rams, but uh, we did, we were yeah. we were texting a little bit during the game and just about how shaky officiating was and how you are you having buyer's remorse on Jared Goff and Todd Gurley. Uh, not Todd Gurley, but I've always had remorse on Jared Goff. Yeah. It's, I mean, Even it's, though my brother's a huge Goff fan because he is a fellow Cal Bear, I've always been like, I don't really know. He's kind of got that long windup and just stares down receivers like, like I was texting you. Just yeah, some simple airhead mistakes, but he's blonde, so what can it's you crazy, do? It's crazy, crazy how offensive mastermind Sean McVay decided to try three different quarterbacks on three uh, back-to-back plays, and it didn't work out. I was like, oh, that's – I mean, thank, thank God it worked out for us, but it did not work out for you. The golf getting hurt, bringing Bortles out there, having him barely hold on to the snap, and then for whatever reason deciding to run a, a, a fake punt that was just telegraphed from last Tuesday, you know, so there's some there's some shaky play calling there. It'll be interesting to see how they fare against Chicago and that defense. But yeah, minus six and a half points the Rams are giving at home. I think it's a safe pick because they're at home, right? That's the only thing that's keeping me somewhat motivated on that one is that they are at home and they normally play better at home. But and also Mitchell Trubisky's been trashed this year. Mm-hmm. But that touchdown's just really that's every day. I'm very, very shaky on that pick. All right, Tim, your wild card pick. Who you picked? Who? Why'd you? Oh, 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 Jesus, I'm gonna hurt myself. Who'd you pick your wild card game and why? I picked Baltimore beating the Houston Texans. Baltimore giving four points at home against the Houston Texans. That's an early morning kickoff. Yep. Why? I. You'd be stupid not to. I don't know. I just think that Baltimore's that good right now. I think that Baltimore is they're they're clicking they're they're playing at a very high um you know, they're playing at a high level, but Deshaun Watson to me is the Russell Wilson of the AFC, so he's never really out of it you know like I mean they're they're always going to be in a position where like Philip Rivers is always in that position to throw that late game pick and cost the Chargers a game, 
Deshaun Watson seems to me to be in positions where, and it doesn't happen late in game. It usually happens at about the third quarter is when he'll win or lose you a football game. So I'm gonna. It's gonna be interesting to watch what Deshaun Watson does against this Baltimore defense. Um, you got DeAndre Hopkins. Is Will Fuller gonna be playing? I think Will Fuller's gonna be playing. And uh, the run, the run game. I don't know. He's gonna get much help from that. And their defense is just ugh, very, very shaky. I mean, you know, for. I'm surprised given where they're at in the standings. They're still poised for that, that 12 o'clock wild card game on a, on a Saturday on ESPN for them to get bounced in the first round. But I think this is a chance. <laughs> I think this is a chance for them to, to lose. I think they still lose ultimately to Baltimore, but I think they lose by a uh, field goal or less. I don't know. I think Marcus Peters has really rejuvenated that uh, Baltimore defense. He's brought a spark to them that they really needed. And like you said, Houston's defense is just – not that great, especially without Mr. Watt on the outside. And well, he's the second best Watt brother, so you know. I would put him at number one. Uh, ability, the best ability is availability, and he's not very available. All right, and I don't want to hear that BS about what he did for you. What have he done for you lately? Hmm? Hmm? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. you're pretty avail- you're pretty available, but you're not the best. Yeah, well, you know, I don't claim Although to be you professional. You did supposedly win a thousand dollars. That's another story for another time. I didn't. No, I didn't. We didn't play that. Mike and I did not play that game. He, ex- no. I accepted the challenge, and we have yeah. not. We have not actually played it. So, that's the story there. Mike, if you're listening. You better have cash on hand. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Filthy I don't know temper. how good you are, but Jeff's decent. Eh, he's He played at Santa Barbara Community College, so he's living in the glory days. Ah. But uh, thank you. Thank, well you for, then you, thank you for you the compliment. You should have some cash on hand, too, then, Jeff. Thank you for the compliment. Just, just be no, safe. Uh, no. Um, you know, I'll bring my debit card just in case i got to go take money out the window. Uh, but I highly doubt it. <laughs> yeah. I won't bring That's a cash. lot of cash back purchases. <laughs> Uh, so, Tim, before I go, I'm currently recording this while the Laker-Golden State game is going on. Are you watching this? No. Uh, I don't care. Okay. Never mind then. All right. You know how I feel about basketball. Well, you know. I mean, you rev the, the L.A. teams, and you love talking about the Kobe and Shaq Lakers. Yeah. Those are the Lakers that I grew up watching. Not these Lakers. Not these ones. Not, Not No. These Lakers have dried up. No. No. Just, <laughs> you know, when you sign – the best player in the game, it's just kind of like I don't – okay, that's a debate for another day because I'm not 100% that's sure that he's great. the best player in the game right now. At the time when he signed the contract, many would argue that he was. I just – like I said, it's like being a Yankee fan and just not realizing how much money your team actually pukes up year after year after year. And it's just like, all right, cool. I don't care. Yeah. And it's just it's like a happy birth. It's like a happy birthday from Stephen A. Smith. Well, I, don't <laughs> I don't care. Good luck. Yeah. Uh, the 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 most scary too is the team that you share the building with is just as good, if not better, than you, despite how much money you're spending. You know, it's and I'll the, tell you what the brand that you have. Their city jerseys are definitely better than the Lakers jerseys this year. I would change my Fairweather fandom in basketball so quick just to get one of those jerseys. <laughs> I would never. All right. Are you serious? Uh, thank you. T- no, I'm not going to buy a Clippers jersey. Oh, what if it said Nipsey on the back? Oh, maybe. Yeah. With that, with the old English Los Angeles on the front. But mm. he, was, he was a Laker fan, though, so I don't know if he would have rocked the Clipper jersey. Yeah, he would rock that Clipper City jersey all day. Probably. Oh, R.I.P. Nip. Okay. Have you seen that one? Or do you not know what I'm talking about? The old English jersey, yes. Yes. Jeez. I, no, I understand what you're saying. I've, I've seen the concept. Yes, the New City jerseys, but I'm, that's why I'm asking. Just as a Laker fan, would he rock the Clipper jersey? I think so. Oh, okay. Well, that's what I'm saying. Okay, then. Yeah, then I probably would, if you put it that way. I would assume so, because he's repping this city, right? Well, makes sense. 
All right. How well, would you how how would you feel about that, Jeff? What do you mean? How would I feel about what? I don't know. It's like, do you rep a Warriors jersey even though you're from Daly City? Uh, yes, because the Warriors were originally in San Francisco when I was technically born in San Francisco, raised in Daly City. Haha. <laughs> so then, if they, oh, I guess that would be more. You're not a Niner fan, so that no, 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 no. And that's why I explained to Flynn. That was because when growing up, I I watched way more basketball and baseball than I did football. And I got, you know, my football fandom, I didn't really come of age in my football fandom until the uh, the turn of the century. And that's, you know, when the Patriots are coming to prominence. So really, my, my basis as a football fan, if anything, is more rooted in a hatred of the Patriots and then a gravitation towards the Steelers than it is, you know, um, then that's just how it evolved, right? Is I would cheer against the Patriots in Super Bowls. And then when I finally cared enough to just be like, I've got a favorite team. I just so when Pittsburgh got good, no, 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 enough to root. Whoa, 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 whoa! I understand. I understand how that comes. I understand how that comes across. I understand how that comes across. But I do. I have told the story before, and I will tell it again. I remember watching Roethlisberger his senior year at Miami of Ohio, the Tuesday night action, the Thursday night action, when that used to get going back in the day before I even knew what action was. I'd watch that, and I'd watch this guy with this long ass last name that stretched across his jersey, and say, "There's no fucking way." No way, that's him. And he just happened to get bit drafted by Pittsburgh, and that's that's the team that I graduate or gravitated towards. So yes, my my all time, I would say my all time favorite Steeler is Ben Roethlisberger, just because that's who led me to the the team that I now cheer for. So you just admit it, Wiz Khalifa's Black and Yellow came out, and you're like, oh, he's <laughs> no, from Pittsburgh. No, no, no. He likes Pittsburgh. No, no, no. I like Wiz Khalifa. No. Two and two make five sometimes. No, no, no. No, I admit that my my football fandom came of age in about, uh, what was that, 03, 04? That's when, they, that's when they drafted him. Yeah, so right around that time, that's when my football fandom blossomed because I was way more of the those, you know, this day and suck warrior fans and the uh, – and while I, you know, I was talking to Flan actually about it, and when he he would religiously watch baseball tonight from about '98 to about like '03, and I would watch baseball tonight too. I'm just, I mean, you know, maybe it's just because I'm I'm just getting old and my brain's dying, but I'm just having trouble remembering some of that stuff. Like I remember the Web Gems, and I remember you know Carl Ravitch, uh, Tim Kirkchin, uh, who's the um, the old white dude um, with the glasses, Peter, Peter Gammons. yeah. So that you know, Buster Olney, they'd all be sitting around talking ball, you know, with players, and yeah, I, I remember that. But as far as specific highlights, ooh, I'd have to see them. You know, I can't re- relive them in my mind, right? Mm. Yeah. Anyway, I've rambled enough. Okay, Tim, we will talk to you again on Sunday. Hopefully, if you're still awake at that time, because I know we've been recording later during football season, and it's tough for you because you're an old ass man. Yeah, and my ass gets up at four and drives. 100 miles every day just to I was going to say, I, I get up at 4, too. I just don't have to drive 100 miles. Yeah. Because I will drive 100 miles. If I could just see Punch you. Jeff in the face. Oh, okay, man. That took a dark turn. All right. Well, Jeff. I wanted to get back into boxing. That yeah. was fun. <laughs> the glory days. We'll see. Yes. I'm not trying to not trying to develop, you know, the shakes. All right, thanks, Tim. I'll talk to you, or we will talk to you. Hopefully, we, there will be more than a party of me that will be talking to you again on Sunday, okay? You have a wonderful evening, Jeff. You too, Tim. Bye. Bye. Put up or shut up.
It's time for Lytle's Locks. Well, 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 it's Wednesday. It's time for Lytle's Locks. And unfortunately, uh, Bill is not available. So this is going to be a little awkward. No, just kidding. We're just going to ride with this. Um, I, I can tell you what the other guys picked because they all sent in their picks. They're just not available. And I just can't tell you their, their line of reasoning for why they would make such atrocious and terrible picks unless they, of course, uh, agreed with me. And then of which, you know, like minds, great minds think alike. So... Uh, taking a look at the scoreboard from last week, again, I took picks and I recorded them down for, for you know, the, the sake of the segment, but we were having computer trouble, so we didn't get the Wednesday episode out there. Uh, I went 5-0-1, so we, we got the push happened on the Bills-Browns game. The Browns were giving three points, the Bills were getting three, and the Browns won 19-16, so of course that's a push. Everybody ties, so everybody got the one tie, then it just became a matter of what you do with the other five, or you know, the other... The other five games, uh, I went five and five and one. Uh, Flan went three and two and one. Bill went three two and one. Mateo went one four and one. Tim went three two and one. Cousin John went one four and one, and Daniel went one four and one. Not the best debut for him, but hey, it happens. That's gonna bring the updated scoreboard to uh, Flan still sitting atop at the lead dog here, twenty two fifteen and one. You have Bill, who I believe is 19, 18, and 1. No, he'd be 19 and 17 and 1. Oh, boy, I'm going to hurt my... The three of, We have three of us tied for second place. I've since turned it around. I'm proud of myself. But, yeah, you have me, Bill, and Mateo at 19, 17, and 1, and Tim at 17, 19, and 1. And then Cousin John and, and Dan are bringing up the, uh, the rear there at 9, 17, and 1, 1, 4, and 1. But there's plenty of time to turn the season around for those guys. Plenty of time. It's about winning percentage, even though they, they didn't pick nearly as many games. Pansies. No, I'm just kidding, guys. No, I appreciate your picks and your input. It's fun fun finding out who's picking who and why. All right, let's get things started off here. Brand new set of picks this week. Uh, number 23, Navy, is traveling to number 16, Notre Dame, where Notre Dame's giving seven points. Everybody here but Bill picked Notre Dame, myself included. I think it's safe to say... I you know the triple option okay it could there's like a 50% I don't even know what the percent chance that it could totally catch Notre Dame off guard and that they won't be able to stop it. The problem with this is Notre Dame's only given 7 or Navy's only getting 7 points. If Navy was getting two touchdowns, I'd be over the I'd be all over this game like white on rice, right? I would have my my TV tuned to it. I'd put money down on it on Bavada too, you know, this it wouldn't just be for the show. This is because there are some some picks that I just make for the show and I don't actually go on a Bavada with because it's absolutely absurd, um, especially with the, with the angle that I take. Uh, but I gotta say this is a hundred percent one that if yeah, I would be I would be putting money down on this with Bavada right now on Notre Dame minus seven points. You're only given one touchdown. That's pl- that's a ton of room for Notre Dame to play with right there. And uh, Bill, I don't know what I don't know what's going on there, but he's he's believing in the he's believing in the midshipmen. Next game, number four traveling to number twelve Auburn. Where Auburn's getting two and a half points. He's heard that this is Tim's uh, most confident pick. Every well, actually, no, we're split here. Myself, Flan, and Dan are all taking Auburn. You have Bill, Mateo, Tim, and Cousin John all taking Georgia. I understand. I get it. It's a true freshman quarterback for Auburn, but it's again, it's the SEC, and these are two of the top heavy teams in the SEC. They're gonna clash. 
I could see this coming down to a, a, a two or one one point game. It's you know I, I I could see the field goal happening, but I agree with Tim. I think it's going to be a very close fought game, or it's going to be a game where one team gets out to a lead early, maybe takes their foot off the gas, and the other one climbs back in. But yes, this is going to be a one or a two point game. I, I thoroughly believe that. Another one I'm actually putting a lot. Not maybe not a lot of money, but I put some money down on it. To be completely honest. All right. Uh, next up, we have Atlanta traveling to Carolina, where Carolina is giving five and a half points. This is damn near unanimous across the board. Tim and Dan are taking the Falcons for whatever reason. I guess now that Dan Quinn's not the D corner, he's giving up defensive play calling. It's okay to pick him. Or, I mean, pick the Falcons now. And then you have. Uh, I'm looking at the Panthers just. They're giving up almost, you know, it's they can win by a touchdown. I think they could win this game by a touchdown. They're playing at home. McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Greg Olson, Kyle Allen. I think I think they have more than enough there to kind of handle the the Falcons. And this has just been a very mediocre. I think that's even being nice to the Falcons uh, to to the way they've been playing this year. Mediocre is a very nice word for the Atlanta Falcons. Next game, we have Buffalo traveling to Miami, and the Dolphins are giving are getting six points. Uh, I am the only one taking Miami here. Everybody else took Buffalo for obvious reasons, but hey, Miami's on a two-game winning streak. I think they're just playing inspired, and you know they're they're not supposed to be winning, but they're going to keep doing it. This is clearly the front office tank. The players and coaches aren't going to tank on a week-to-week basis. They're going to play to win, so that's why I think that you know ultimately they're going to lose to the Bills, but I think that they can lose by less than six points. So I am taking Miami and the six points there. Next game, Chicago traveling to the Rams, where the Rams are giving six and a half points. We're split here as a show. Myself, Flan, and Cousin John are taking the Bears, while Bill, Mateo, Tim, and Dan are taking the Rams. Uh, I just think that's a lot of points. The, the Bears' defense is, is decent. I think it's better than decent. Their quarterback sucks, which is unfortunate. But I think that they could do enough with the running game and play good enough defense that they can keep this within uh, under a touchdown. I think ultimately the Rams win, but I think the Rams win by a field goal. I think that's what ends up happening uh, this this week. All right, and then we've got wild card games. Again, can't, can't tell you the reasoning why these guys are doing it, but we're going to start at the uh, bottom and work our way up. Dan is taking the Niners, and they're giving 11 points as they play the Cardinals. I think this is a given that they're hosting the Cardinals. I think they're really going to shit pump them. Um, I, I think this could be a game where Kyler Murray could play well statistically. Like maybe he has like two picks with three touchdowns, throws for like 300 and some odd yards. But I think the Niners are going to end up winning this game like 42 to 21 or 42 to 28, some some absurd amount. of You know, I understand that the game was close on Thursday night, but it was a Thursday night game, short week. The Cardinals were playing at home. I think a lot of things went right for the Cardinals there. And as much as it pains me to say, this is a pretty safe pick here with the Niners um, over the over the Cardinals. Cousin John is taking the Patriots minus three and a half. The Patriots are traveling to Philadelphia, so they're the road favorite. Interesting pick. Uh, I don't know what to make of the Eagles. I said that they're still alive in the playoff picture just by default, but the fact that the Cowboys play in the NFC West, and it just seems that if you're 8-8 eight eight or 9-7, you win that division every year. Uh, so I don't know what Eagles team we're going to see show up, but the Patriots off a bye, I think this is a pretty safe pick. Uh, the Patriots are going to win this game regardless. It's just a matter of how close is is Philly going to be able to hang in there. But I think they lose by at least at least a field goal. So the three and a half is is safe there. But it's what you know they're they're going to lose by more than three and a half points. So uh, next up, 
Tim picking Baltimore minus four for the reasons that he stated when we talked about them earlier, of which I'm exhausted, so I forgot already. Oh, he doesn't believe in Houston's defense. That that yep. I don't blame him. But hey, Deshaun Watson. I feel like he's good enough for them to lose by only a field goal. I really I really think so. Mateo and I, because we have the same uh same wild card pick, we both ended up taking the Jets plus one and a half. The Jets are playing who are the Jets playing again? I took the Jets and I forgot who they're playing. They're traveling to Washington. That's why I took them. And granted, FedEx Field is a piece of shit. It's the worst field out there in the history of fields. Uh, even worse than Oakland. Oakland with the baseball field present is better than anything that Washington will roll out there at FedEx Field. Okay? It's just, yeah, I, I promise you, that's just how it is. Uh, debate somebody else because I'm right. Uh, but the Jets getting a point and a half on the road against Washington, against an inferior Washington team that's clearly going to probably try and lose the rest of these games at this point so they can get a top pick uh, or trade the pick away for more picks to see if they can load up on more picks. Who the hell knows? I don't know what Washington's going to do. All I know is that for certain they're going to lose this game. So giving me the plus one and a half just feels like robbery with the with the Jets right there. Uh, Flan is going to take Kansas City minus three and a half. And they're traveling on Monday night. They're playing the Chargers. I believe this game's in Mexico. So, um, by nature, Phillip Rivers will be within striking distance to throw an interception late in this game. So, the the minus three and a half is a smart play by Flan because Kansas City will probably ultimately end up winning this game by six or seven points uh, with Phillip Rivers throwing that late game interception, regardless of how well Pat Mahomes is playing. The, the, the Chargers will just find a way. The Kansas City defense is not good enough. And the Chargers will find a way to scratch and claw in the second half to get within one score just to just to where Phillip Rivers can throw that pick. Mark my words. All right, last up, Billy is is uh taking his Raiders minus ten and a half as they play the Cincinnati Bengals. This one just seems like a given. So it's the afternoon game at the Coliseum, minus ten and a half points. You got a winless Cincinnati coming in. It's just gonna be a, a race between Cincinnati and Washington who's gonna finish out the season worse. And Cincinnati is honestly, they're more incentivized to lose this given how many quarterbacks are in this draft. I know you took Lindley last year, but he didn't look that great last Sunday. Regardless of what I said on last Sunday's episode, he looked terrible. He plays for the Bengals, right? The only one who showed up on that team was Joe Mixon. All right, Andy Dalton, it's probably time to move on from him. You don't have a solid backup. So keep tanking. Get yourself a nice young quarterback. And by keep tanking, you're probably going to lose by two scores here in Oakland. So congrats, Bill. I think that's a great pick. So that'll do it for Lytle's Locks. We will check in again on next Wednesday with our picks and see how they fare or pan out. Uh, for now, it's time we're hitting the home stretch here on the show. Uh, it's time for some winners and losers from recent sporting headlines. There are winners. I'm by winning. Winner, winner, ultimate winner. Wow, winning. And there are losers. Loser, 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 loser. First up on the winners losers list, I've been on this little crusade for a while. It's it's gonna it's gonna be Major League Baseball, and the Cy Young Awards were announced. And congratulations to the guys who won the Cy Youngs. But goddamn it, baseball, what are you doing? Again, make this a spectacle. You've had, had three different award announcements in the past two, two and a half weeks. Make these TV spectacles. Do a better job, all right? Get ESPN to buy in and help you out or something. Get Fox, somebody, one of your television partners to help you put on like an award show or something. 
Give me something in prime time to draw attention to the sport, okay? Tim was just trying to make an argument that the baseball season never stops. Uh, once the World Series is over and we get the winter meetings, that's, there's a little gap there where I don't care because they do such a terrible job of announcing these fucking awards that we that we, you forget about baseball, you know, unless you're Bible thumping it. And then we don't hear anything again until pitchers and catchers report. So push back the winter meetings a little bit so we, the MLB hot stove can come back and do a better job of spacing out these awards and televising them. Okay, it's bad enough we have to wait this long, but do a better job of putting your brand out there. Come on, hold this L, MLB. Next up on the winners losers list, Zlatan and the LA Galaxy have agreed to part ways. Uh, it's time for Zlatan to move on, just 100%. But thank you, everything for your contributions to MLS, the shit that you talked, the, provi- the sound bites that you provided. One of the greatest professional athletes that we've had in MLS, greatest soccer professional athletes, I should say. Uh, just from the time he debuted where he came out and, and then the sound bites that followed him. Again, dude talked a whole lot of mess, but he backed it up and had some pretty spectacular goals. And so uh, for that, we thank you, Zlatan. Best of luck as you move on. Next up, we have Colin Kaepernick getting a workout. Uh, he's going to be working out in, I believe, Atlanta. And there's a bunch of NFL scouts that are invited to show up. Uh, Eric Reed's not happy with this. He's voiced out. He says that it's not good enough, it, You know, essentially just calling it a stunt. I know Cap uh, tweeted out that he's excited for the opportunity. Look, it's a tryout. I mean, it's cool, but it doesn't mean that anybody's going to sign him, right? They're just going to go watch him work out. I think, you know, teams might do – they might do some due diligence or they might get a couple teams that just go out there just out of respect. You know, it's that way it looks good in the media that they attended Cap's workout. Uh, but, you know, I, there's certain teams that I don't think you'll see out there for obvious reasons. Watch the Patriots go out there just for shits and gigs. That'd be something. The Patriots, like, you know what? We're going to sign Colin Kaepernick. But it also wouldn't make sense because of the brand of being Patriots and having him kneel. So I guess I take that back. But, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if Bill Belichick had something crazy ass up his sleeve. So who's their backup quarterback right now? He says Stidham, the kid out of kid out of Auburn. Okay, if you think you got if you think you got the next Tom Brady in him. Well, I mean, there would never be another Tom Brady, but if you think you got somebody that could fill Tom Brady's shoes in him, okay. That's cool. But you're gonna tell me that Belichick couldn't sign Colin Kaepernick and use him in a Taysom Hill role? Like Belichick ain't smart enough for that? Come on. Come on. All right, moving on. I don't even know what that is. That's a win and a loss because I feel like it's part, you know, the NFL doing it for media publicists and then, and you know, and but at least Cap's getting the opportunity, so we'll see. Moving on, uh, the Canadian hockey analyst uh, Don Cherry has been let go of, I think it's TSN or whoever the hell was employing him up in Canada for some racially charged remarks and using terms like you people and talking about, uh, you know, respect for the veterans who have fought for Canada which, again, aside from Royal Mounted Canadian Police, I didn't know Canada really had an uh, unarmed forces, to be completely honest. I know that sounds ignorant, but I was just under the assumption that, you know, the, the Air Force and the, the U.S. just kind of with the Air Force and Navy and the Army was just kind of like, yeah, we'll protect you. We'll monitor this stuff just because you're, like, basically America Junior. We have, you know, you're America's cousin or, like, you know, America's brother, whatever, stepbrother. Uh, Alaska is technically connected to... Alaska is more Canadian than it is American, at least, you know, physically, geography speaking. So, you know, maybe there was a deal worked out there, but news to me. Anyway, uh, Don Cherry has uh, had a history of making uh, questionable remarks like this. And, you know, it's just funny. I said this before when I'm I'm a fan of free speech and and people being able to express themselves because bigots and, and, and idiots alike can't can't do a very good job of, of hiding it from from us. They, it all comes out eventually, and all it does is it send off a signal. Hey, thank you. All right, I don't have to. I 
I, I see where you come from. And now I don't have to, when you open up your mouth, then I know that I could take a break from paying attention because it's, it's not going to matter. I, I know what your viewpoints are. I know how close minded they are. I know, you know, thank you for drawing attention to this. I can save time now from even trying to develop a relationship, you know, or, you know, getting to know you because you're close minded. I don't want to deal with it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm about being around open-minded, educated, interesting ass individuals. And if you're close minded and ignorant like that, then I just really don't have any use for you other than to entertain me when you're bored. I mean, when I'm bored, entertain me when I'm bored because, you know, you're a clown is really what it is. So unfortunate that Don has these beliefs. Uh, there are people out there that are like that. And uh, all we can do is be thankful that they are so stupid and so loud that they cannot, they cannot hide it from the rest of us. And then that serves as purpose for us to uh, sit back and just say, hmm, maybe now I can discredit what he says or I don't have to listen to what you know, you're saying because you're just you're raising your voice and you're using terms that shouldn't be used and and you think a certain way and you know I respect your ability to do that and and to hold that type of thinking but I don't agree with it and I don't need to surround myself with it and you know so good on this uh, television uh, company for finally pulling the plug on on Don Cherry because man enough is enough you're allowed to express yourself but just know that you know there's going to be consequences for for how you do both good and bad I mean I know consequences has a negative connotation there but uh, there, there will be outcomes, both good and bad, from you expressing yourself, and you need to be prepared for that, and and how you do express yourself, right? All right. Last up, I got two things here, and they're both related to Jorge Masvidal, and I'm just going to give him the the win on both. Well, Don Cherry holds the L there. Uh, I'm going to give both of these W's to Jorge Masvidal. He uh, he's already talking about how Conor McGregor's ducking him, and as a Conor McGregor supporter, I look, I'm gonna be 100 percent serious. I wouldn't want to see McGregor go in there and fight Masvidal right now. Hell no. Get back in there. Uh, I don't think he needs to win 10 straight fights like Khabib said, but I'd like to see McGregor win at least two fights before he went for like a super, super fight, right? So like maybe fight Gaethje, maybe fight Cerrone, but then if you're going to go after somebody like Masvidal, someone who's now going to have as much equal pull in a name as you, or you're going to go after Khabib or Diaz again, uh, maybe get some fights under your belt so you know, so we can get back into fighting shape, maybe get back into fighting form, give me a little bit more confidence to, to go and scream and defend you from the mountaintops and stand, you know? Because right now I'm just like, you spent a lot of time off and you did not look impressive in that fight against Khabib, big dog. All right? So uh, Masvidal has a point there. I think McGregor is ducking him a little bit. Was making a lot more noise when he thought Diaz had a shot at winning that fight. Again, I always thought Masvidal was going to beat him. I mean, Diaz, hell of a fighter. Hats off. But that's absolutely ridiculous what Masvidal does. Uh, so that's a win right there for Masvidal because it's true. Truth hurts. Yeah, uh, McGregor does not does not want him. And then uh, Masvidal did not shoot down the idea of fighting Canelo Alvarez. Uh, he joked around on it on the Dan Levitard show with Stu Gatz, one of my favorite shows. Um, and, you know, I, it'd be interesting. People are like, oh, the last time we saw an MMA fighter get in the ring with a boxer, look what happened. McGregor did a great job of fighting Floyd Mayweather for about four or five rounds and then got tired. That was the problem. And that's been the, 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 the Achilles heel in McGregor's game, aside from the lack of ground game. But... Um, it's, it's gotten slowly better, but I mean, in boxing, you don't need the ground game. That's what I'm saying is you need to be conditioned. You need to be able to throw punches. And Masvidal looks like a dude who's very well conditioned and can throw punches. And then he doesn't have to worry about kicks because Canelo's just throwing. Yeah, Canelo's a little bit thicker, but, and, and maybe he throws a little bit harder, but I think Masvidal would be able to hang in there, be quicker than Canelo and get the shots in that needed to be like, I think, you know, Canelo's a boxer, a professional boxer. He's a champion. Don't get me wrong, but Jorge Masvidal is just a scrapper and, and there's something about it. And I think if he put in the time and he, he gave himself a solid 12 weeks to just totally work on his hands and he didn't have to worry about his, his, his kicking or a ground game or anything and he could just focus on the hands, 
I think he could. I think he'd have enough gas to at least push Canelo, ten rounds, ten, eleven rounds. I don't know if he necessarily beats him. There's always a chance anybody can get knocked out at any time, but I, I think it's just. I think it'd be one of those things where Masvidal, Masvidal, Canelo would be a better fight than McGregor Mayweather. All right, and I think you're foolish to think otherwise. You need to go watch some Jorge Masvidal fights. Don't get me wrong. I know that sounds disrespectful for Canelo, but there's a chance there for him to make a lot of money. So Floyd Mayweather did that. He made a lot of money. He might have been disrespected by the initial challenge, but he cashed out on that disrespect. So maybe do the same, Canelo. Maybe maybe do the same. And then last up with uh, Jorge Masvidal is Nate Diaz. Uh, uh, Nate Diaz's brother Nick jumping to his defense, trying to hop on the cash cow that is Jorge Masvidal. It's like, nah, bro. Okay. You got. I mean, I mean, Masvidal probably deserves a title shot. He's got the BMF title, the made-up title, the fan title, but he probably deserves an actual title shot. He doesn't need to be concerning himself with somebody that can't stay off of the uh, uh, off of suspension. Okay. So he, he beat your brother. He baptized your brother, regardless of if you don't like how how that sounded or not. Um, so just keep your mouth shut and worry about coming back and fighting. Uh, but, you know, fight somebody else. You're not going to get Jorge Masvidal right now. That's you're going. I'm going to put you under the McGregor file. Is win a couple fights coming back, and then and then we'll have you. Then we'll have you fight Masvidal. Then you can get revenge. Let it stew. Let it be the fire that burns your return. Huh? How about that? All right. So that'll do it for winners and losers on this episode. Now it's time for the pop culture update. Are you are you stupid? It just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. I tell you, it just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter, but we're still going to talk about it anyway. Why? Well, because it's in the news. That's why. First off, I'm going to start this, uh, you know, open up the door to the personal life real quick, just because I thought it was kind of cool. Went on a date uh, last weekend, and the, uh, you know, the first date, a little weird, whatever, how it goes, and then it, and then it kind of unfolds, and you end up having a good time, or, you know, you hope you do. At least in this, this case, it did. Um, I thought what was most interesting was I was told I'm Googleable, so props to me. I am Googleable. I don't know. I don't think I talked about this last episode. Um, if I did, then I'm sorry. But it's still it's it's pretty funny, man. Like I just that I'm able to. And I didn't talk about it last episode. I just checking the notes. Um, yeah, pretty cool. Jeff Woodworth KSRO. You just Google that, and then it pops up, and it's got interviews. It's also got my Twitter page, which is a little weird. So I have to be more mindful of what I tweet. Uh oh. But uh, yeah, that was kind of funny. Just uh, got Googled to see if, you know, verify that I wasn't a creeper or, you know, that I that I was as weird as promised or that I was actually real or whatever. So I just thought that was cool. It kind of flattered. Uh, that, that girl has no idea what she has done. Just ego. <sighs> so swelled, bro. No, <laughs> I just thought it was cool. Googleable. I mean, everybody is to a degree, but just to see all the stuff that was, how many, how many pages I was popping up on Google, I was like, all right, that's cool. That's cool. Shouts out to John Legend. He got crowned sexiest man alive. I am officially Googleable, so I'm one step closer. We're one step closer to sexiest man alive. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up, I have Netflix here striking a deal with Nickelodeon. Uh, there's going to be Netflix, or they're going to be teaming up with Nick, bringing back, I believe, some uh, some old shows uh, and and also new material as well so that's gonna be dope i'm i was trying to think of uh my favorite nick show back in the day had of course been rocket power i really liked rocket power but i also really liked cat dog and then hey arnold was was low-key a good one too so i say those would be my three nickelodeon shows that i would bring back if i could 
cat dog rocket power and um and what did i just say oh my god well you know what i just said you could rewind it back jesus christ all right i'm tired of shit oh hey arnold rocket power cat dog boom there we go holy crap all right uh, next up on the winner, I mean, on pop culture update, oh, good lord. On the pop culture update, uh, I have uh, Kanye West is going to be uh, doing a service with Joel Osteen. So a, a fake gospel uh, producer is now going to be teaming up with what I believe to be a fake preacher. Um, you know, any preacher that says, you know, like, the Lord's here to save you, make sure you call that number right down below and donate today. Uh, I don't need it, man. That's not, I mean, I don't, I've got questions about religion anyway, just given off of my background and how I grew up, but just the way that they exploit it on TV, the televangelists, <laughs> that's a whole different type of sorcery, man. Those guys are powerful. They are sharp-tongued, greasy-haired, shiny-looking, and they manage to talk to you about your money. In the name of God. So now he's going to be teaming up with Kanye West. <laughs> wow. Didn't that give me something? A total PR stunt. So, And you'd be foolish to think otherwise. That's all I got to say there. All right, and then last up of the pop culture update, Disney Plus was officially unveiled yesterday. And there's some bugs, some technical issues, as there are with things with uh, technology as great as it is. You know, there's still bugs, and we process these things on the go. And uh, that's just the nature of how things are. But uh, what's cool about this, right, and it's, you know, I think at least the package that they're putting together between Hulu, ESPN+, Plus, and Disney+, Plus, where you get in the National Geographic as well, pretty cool. Although, you know, with all these different streaming companies, I was talking with a coworker today, we're going to be moving away from, you know, everybody's cord cutting, and then they're going to be joining these streaming services. But the problem is, is that once you have 10 streaming services and your bill is just, and the bill for all those combined is just as high as your cable bill, you're going to say, well, this was stupid. Why did I do this? And then I think what we're going to see happen here is maybe not at first because everybody's going to be dipping their toe in the water and seeing who's the who's going to be the big buck maker, right? Who's going to be the breadwinner out of all these streaming services? You've got the guys that have established themselves already like Netflix, Amazon, and Hulu. Those guys have, you know, and then, of course, now Disney owns Hulu. So Disney Plus has a little bit of a, a corner on the market there. But you're going to see Apple TV. They got some money, too. They're going to come out here. You got HBO who's got some money. NBC's coming out with their own. I think what's going to happen is it's going to spread itself so thin that you're going to see these guys start teaming up and bundling with each other. And Disney Plus was just kind of the first one to do that, uh, luckily, because they own Hulu. But don't be surprised if you see, like, a Netflix and, and Apple TV team up, you know, where they can say, hey, you're going to have all this, and we'll give you access to live sports, too. Uh, you pay $40 a month. You get Netflix, Apple Pay, uh, I mean, Apple TV, live sports and it probably comes with you know some random ass you know movie thing i don't know i don't know what they're gonna do maybe 40 bucks is too much but you know what i'm saying is i think you're gonna see these streaming services bundle up together um and it's gonna take a minute but yeah the the big guys are gonna buy they, some guys are gonna get either bought out or they're gonna they're gonna team up like you would see free agents do right like you know lebron goes to the lakers for two years well you know netflix signs an agreement with apple uh, apple T, uh, plus for two years and then maybe when that's done netflix and amazon just decide fuck it we're gonna team up together and we're gonna really break this we're gonna break everybody you know it's i, I don't know what i don't know what could happen there but all i know is that the cord cutting the cord cutting is is in effect full effect and and then the bundling is you're gonna take those cords and then you're gonna bundle uh, streaming services together. You're gonna cut cords from cable or dish or whatever's going on, and, and and bundle all these different streaming services together. 
So, I mean, TV's going to survive regardless. It's just a matter of adapting. You know, it's like what radio's had to do. And radio's done that with podcasting now. And TV does it, you know. I mean, well, TV's really surviving because of live sports. News talk and live sports, that's really what's carrying TV because now all the TV shows are on the on the streaming services. So, But they all find a way to make it work. Speaking of which, I found a way to make it work by myself tonight. Uh, if you've listened to me now talk for this long, thank you very much. You're the real MVP. Uh, and hope you enjoyed it. Had fun breaking it down. And um, I don't, you know, I don't like skipping out on episodes. So when, when we do, there's usually a reason. Either something's popped up in everybody's schedule or there's a technical issue. So uh, today there's no technical issues, and it was just a matter of, hey, suck it up and, and go at it. You want to be a radio host, so, so do it. So, again, thank you for listening. Um, we'll, be, uh, we'll be back on Sunday after a fresh batch of NFL games. I think, I, I, I think Flan will be here for sure. Uh, Mateo might be. He's been working hella hard. Shouts out to Mateo trying to get that promotion at work because there's an opening um, there for him. And then Dan uh, in the middle of rugby season and then coaching uh, high school, helping coach high school football. So he's a little busy. We're going to try and get Mike back on the program. A friend of the show, Mike, for some Mike's mind. Get some introspective and crazy-ass thought there. Go down a rabbit hole. Uh, maybe get DeWald on to talk about hockey. Maybe get Kurt on to talk some hockey. Maybe get Luca on to talk some hockey. Bring Kurt on for the name game, too. That's always fun. So we'll see. We're going we're gonna to bring in some people here. I love, love hearing from the friends of the cohort, man, friends of the show, getting them on here. Uh, of course, there's X, you know, who does the intro and the outro music. I'd love to get his thoughts and opinions. I'm sure he's got lots of shit to talk now that the Lakers are good. Funny how he was quiet. He was around for the first half of the of the show when we first started, right? And he was there and he was available and he'd love to talk basketball. And then all of a sudden, the Lakers really started to suck. And then X was really tough to get in ton- contact with. And now I text X and I get a text message back right away. And it's funny how the, when the Lakers are good, X is in it's a very sociable mood. So shout out to you, X. All right, we're gonna we're coming. You're gonna be on the show sooner or later. All right, I know you're in too good of a mood to turn that opportunity down. All right, so to the haters and losers, of which there are many. Until next time. Hey, hey, hey. yeah. Hey, hey, uh, yeah. Niggas talking, I'ma walk, don't worry about it. Yeah. Setting transits, niggas late like Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. Moving silence, I don't speak upon the violence. Woo. Up you with that, pledge allegiance to the flagging. Bring your static, talk your shit and drop your address. Woo. We got time today, so check your rollie and your paddock. Yeah. Backstage, Shorty John Stockton, where's your passes? Yeah. Looking at a star, not Ray Charles, where's your glasses? Woo, woo, woo. Cop card next to us got flipped off like gymnastics. Yeah. Pick six, I'm to the house like UPS with that package. Hey. Office smelling that sweet smell of that short term satisfaction. My shit in the way blasting. Open doors and go Casper, nigga. I'll feature like Jasper. Hit that bit with a multi milli after. I remember what y'all broke niggas said backwards. Burning bitches with some nicks in this backwood.